This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Greetings, Mysterians and friends. Welcome back to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I am Terry from Texas. It is, in my opinion, that much of the paranormal world is inhabited by and consists of monsters. Monsters, in the classic line of thought, are the stuff of nightmares, imaginary beings that may personify our own fears. Classically ugly, big, and scary, monsters have changed over the course of civilization to include hideous beasts and the normal-looking fellow next door. That's right, Bubba next door may look normal, Of course, that depends on what normally is wherever you happen to be. But if you were a fly on their wall, would you find out that Bubba is worse than Attila the Hun? Let's look at some monsters existing within our environments, even if those environments are mental. The Parlangua is allegedly a reptilian cryptid, described as being half alligator and half human and rumored to inhabit the Louisiana swamps where it preys upon people and animals at night. This creature was the subject of a song called Legend of the Parlangua in 1983. It was also investigated in the third episode of the 2014 documentary series Beasts of the Bayou. In the latter, it's described as capable of climbing trees, and several animal carcasses are found in the same spot, indicating that it may drag its prey to a specific place to devour it. Could this creature be related to the lizard man of Scape or Swamp in South Carolina? In the folklore of Lee County, South Carolina, the lizard man of Scape or Swamp, also known as the lizard man of Lee County, is an entity said to inhabit the swampland of the region. First mentioned in the late 1980s, the purported sightings and damage attributed to the creature yielded a significant amount of newspaper, radio, and television publicity. Professor of Religious Studies Joseph P. Laycock 
described the media frenzy and subsequent cult appreciation for this and other similar claims as following a predictable chain of events. A strange sighting, media attention, more sightings, followed by visits from curious tourists and monster hunters. Researcher Ben Radford states that this is a compelling story, quote, but several important aspects wither under skeptical scrutiny, unquote. I remember vaguely a Saturday morning cartoon where the main characters found themselves at odds with a werewolf, which they referred to in chorus and ad volume as the Loop Guru. Further research on my part found out that a Loop Guru meant a werewolf. Traditional tales about the Loop Guru are found in French Canadian and European folklore and in Louisiana Cajun stories. The Loop Guru is also called a lycanthrope or a werewolf. A loop guru is generally believed to be a person who can change an animal form, often as a wolf. In French Canadian folklore, the loop guru is often a dog. It may also take on the form of a calf, or small ox, or a pig, or a cat, or even an owl. It's a very versatile nightmare, don't you think? The loop guru is believed to be a cursed man. In the French-Canadian tradition, a loop guru is often guilty of not being a good Christian. For example, people who did not confess during Easter could be cursed to become werewolves. Peer pressure much? The spell could last for as long as 101 days. It would take hold of the victim every evening. They were then forced to wander the countryside in animal form. The spell might be broken if someone recognized the individual while transformed and could draw blood from the animal. Neither person could speak of this incident for fear of worse reprisals. Only a shedding of blood could free a cursed man. The transformation process was completed when this person took a bite of human flesh. So the question must be asked if he didn't consume hum human flesh during the time he was transformed would it remain a curse on him? I don't know. French-Canadian loop guru stories were generally less violent. This is unlike versions found in the United States and in Europe. Modern popular depictions of werewolves from movies like The Wolfman are very different from traditional French-Canadian tales. This myth also involved a trigger for the curse. According to the belief, some event in this person's life triggered his condition. Although there is no specific information regarding the kind of event in question, since this is an oral tradition passed on from generation to generation. Transformational trauma, it would seem. Luke Guru is mostly identified with the Wendigo in Native American folklore. These two creatures are defined to have similar characteristics. That being said, one must become a cannibal to become a wendigo, according to the belief. Well, is that not what a werewolf does if it attacks a human? It becomes a cannibal? According to the myths, loop gurus 
become able to shapeshift after they eat a piece of human flesh. They have superhuman strength to the extent that they can easily break bones in addition to being super fast and agile creatures. Some people believe that loop gurus are weak against fire and fire is the only way to destroy these creatures. Others believe that decapitation will do the job and this is the way to kill a loop guru or ruguru. The legend that a silver bullet to the heart will kill a werewolf is the favorite of movies. Mutilating the body and cutting it into small pieces is the only sure way to kill a loop guru according to another myth. The Lou Guru legend changed greatly throughout history and it still keeps changing with today's popular culture references and or additions to the story. It's a fluid fallacy, shall we say. Some people even suggest that the stories regarding Lou Guru are derived from the myth regarding the Bigfoot. The Lou Guru or Ruguru, in the end, is a mythical creature the existence of which is used as a bugaboo for parents who love their children and will do whatever it takes to protect them. That includes telling them scary stories about boogeymen that will get them if they are bad. The Paramalfei is another one of the boogeyman Cajun parents used to keep their kids in line. Does that mean that either the Paramalfei are Lou Guru are real? Well, it depends on if you believe in the concept of a tulpa, T-U-L-P-A. A tulpa is a concept in theosophy, mysticism, and the paranormal of an object or being that is created through spiritual or mental powers. Modern practitioners who call themselves tulpamancers use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively independent such as Kolshak the Night Stalker the Spanish Moss Murders this episode was about the Paramalfei Cajun legend the plot is about this creature covered in Spanish moss and the critter is killing people it turned out the suspect is a sleep experiment subject. His fear of the Cajun story was so intense that it came alive in his dreams. It became a tulpa. Once given a physical form, the Paramalfei killed anyone who was a threat to his existence. That meant anyone who woke up his host or bothered him during the sleep study. It was a great episode. I love cryptids, but I also love finding out how those stories originated. The legend of the Paramalfei had its birth in France, as did the Lugaru. The name Paramalfei roughly translates as Father of the Bad Leaves, or alternatively as Father Does Bad. Either way, it's not a descriptor for something with a sunny, huggable disposition. The legend was brought to the States by French-speaking immigrants. The Paramalfei is a humanoid-like monster covered in Spanish moss. According to the Shack episode, the monster does like to hug, but then squeezes the life out of his victims. 
There are no reported physical sightings of this creature in France. It seems it's a fairy tale parents tell to scare their children into being good. So now we have two Cajun folk tales parents use to scare their children. I'm not sure I'd want to be born in France or Louisiana. And oddly enough, some of my family background is French. So if you're ever in Louisiana and driving past the swamps, be careful. The Lugaru or the Paramalfay could get you. Another critter that just might reach out and touch somebody is the Honey Island Swamp Monster, also known as the Cajun Sasquatch, and in Cajun French, La Bite Noire. It's an ape-like humanoid cryptid creature, similar to descriptions of Bigfoot, purported to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana. It's become a part of Louisiana folklore with many swamp tour companies in the area capitalizing on its alleged existence, which is considered unlikely by scientists. I'm really surprised that scientists haven't considered humans to be unlikely. The creature is commonly described by alleged witnesses as a large bipedal humanoid about seven feet tall, covered with gray hair, having yellow or red eyes, and accompanied by a putrid odor. Other local names for the creature include the Rougarou. My particular favorite is the Louisiana Wookie. And then, of course, there's the Thing. Alleged plaster casts of footprints said to be from the creature showcase four toes, not a natural trait found in primates who possess five. Claims of its existence are generally not considered credible, including by scientists familiar with the area, like ecologist Paul Wagner and his wife Sue. Neither they nor their Cajun guide, Robbie Charbonnet, report having seen any valid evidence beyond anecdotes and possible forgeries. The first claimed sighting was in 1963 by a man named Harlan Ford, who was a retired air traffic controller who had taken up wildlife photography. After his death in 1980, a reel of Super 8 film showing the creature was found among his belongings. In 1974, Ford and his friend Billy Mills claimed to have found unusual footprints in the area, as well as the body of a wild boar whose throat had been gashed. Today, the creature is still purported to inhabit the swamp and the bios along the Pearl River. Local lore, which is repeated around other similar cryptid stories, tells of a train crash that occurred near the swamp in the early 20th century, in which a traveling circus lost chimpanzees who adapted to the environment and offer a potential explanation as to the creature's origins. As they say on the news, in a related story, in Arkansas folklore, the Falk Monster, also known as the Boggy Creek Monster and the Swamp Stalker, is purported to be an ape-like creature, similar to descriptions of Bigfoot, that was allegedly sighted in the rural town of Falk, Arkansas during the early 1970s. The creature was alleged to have attacked a local family. It has since become a part of Arkansas folklore. 
It has also influenced local culture in Falk, with some businesses capitalizing on the local lore. Stories of the Creature influenced the 1972 docudrama horror film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which if you have not seen, I would suggest tracking down and watching, if only for the fun of it. This movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, became the 11th highest grossing film in 1972 and is today considered to be a cult classic. The creature was named by journalist Jim Powell, who reported on it for the Texarkana Gazette and the Texarkana Daily News. Various reports between 1971 and 1974 described it as being a large, bipedal creature covered with long, dark hair. It was estimated to be about seven feet tall, with a weight of about 250 to 300 pounds. Later reports claimed that it was far larger, with one witness describing it as 10 feet tall, with an estimated weight of 800 pounds. Some accounts described the Falk monster as running swiftly with a galloping gait and swinging its arms in a fashion similar to a monkey. Reports also describe it as having a terrible odor the odor being described as a combination of a skunk and a wet dog, and as having bright red eyes about the size of silver dollars. Could this possibly be a cousin to, or a disenfranchised brother, of the Florida skunk ape, as well may be the Honey Island Swamp Monster? A variety of tracks and claw marks have been discovered which are claimed to belong to the creature. One set of footprints reportedly measured 17 inches in length and 7 inches wide, while another appeared to show feet that only possessed three toes. Prior to the 20th century, several alleged sightings in the general area related to a large, hairy creature circulated in an 1851 report in the Memphis Enquirer and an 1856 report in the Caddo Gazette. Local residents claimed that the creature had roamed the area since 1964, but those sightings had not been reported. Local folklore also holds that the creature can be further traced back to sightings in 1946. Most early sightings were allegedly in the region of Jonesville, as the creature was known as the Jonesville Monster during this period. In 1955, the creature was allegedly spotted by a 14-year-old boy who described it as having reddish-brown hair, sniffing the air, and not reacting when it was fired upon with birdshot. Investigator Joe Nickel observed that the description was consistent with the misidentified black bear, Ursus americanus. Joe Nickel sure blames black bears a lot. Black bears are the swamp gas reflecting Venus of the cryptid world. The Falk monster first made local headlines in 1971 when it was reported to have attacked the home of Bobby and Elizabeth Ford on May 2, 1971. According to Elizabeth Ford, the creature, which she initially thought was a bear, reached through a screen window that night while she was sleeping on a couch. It was chased away by her husband and his brother Don. During the alleged encounter, the Fords fired several gunshots at the creature and believed that they had hit it, though no traces of blood were found. 
An extensive search of the area failed to locate the creature, but three-toed footprints were found close to the house, as well as scratch marks on the porch and damage to a window in the house's siding. According to the Fords, they had heard something moving around outside late at night, several nights prior, but having lived in the house for less than a week, had never encountered the creature before. The creature was allegedly sighted again on May 23, 1971, when three people, D.C. Woods Jr., Wilma Woods, and Mrs. R.H. Sedgas, reported seeing an ape-like creature crossing U.S. Highway 71. More sighting reports were made over the following months by local residents and tourists who found additional footprints. The best-known footprints were found in a soybean field belonging to local filling station owner Scott Keith. They were scrutinized by game warden Carl Gallion, who was unable to confirm their authenticity. Like the Ford prints, they appeared to indicate that the creature only had three toes. The incident began to attract substantial interest after news spread about the Ford sighting. The Little Rock, Arkansas radio station KAAY posted a $1,090 bounty on the creature. Several attempts were made to track the creature with dogs, but they were unable to follow its scent. And according to the report in the movie, the dogs actually got scared and wouldn't follow it. When hunters began to take interest in the Falk monster, Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer was forced to put a temporary no-guns policy in place in order to preserve public safety. In 1971, three people were fined $59 each for filing a fraudulent monster report. After an initial surge of attention, public interest in the creature decreased until it gained national recognition in 1973 when Charles B. Pierce released a docudrama horror film about the creature in 1972, The Legend of Boggy Creek. By late 74, interest had waned again and sightings all but stopped, only to begin again in March of 1978 when tracks were reportedly found by two brothers prospecting in Russellville, Arkansas. There were also sightings in Center Ridge, Arkansas. On June 26 of that same year, a sighting was was reported in Crossit, Arkansas. During this period, the creature was blamed for missing livestock and attacks on several dogs. Since the initial clusters of sightings during the 70s, there have been sporadic reports of the creature. In 91, the creature was reportedly seen jumping from a bridge, and there were 40 reported sightings in 1997 and 1998. The creature was reportedly sighted in a dry creek bed five miles south of Falk. One month after the Ford sighting, Southern State College, now known as Southern Arkansas University, archaeologist Frank Schombach determined that there is a 99% chance that the tracks are a hoax. According to Schombach, the tracks could not be from a species of ape, as claimed by witnesses, because they were from a three-toed creature whereas all primates, included hominids, have five toes. In addition to the number of toes, Schombach cited other anomalies as part of his conclusion. 
The region had no history of primate activity, ruling out the possibility of the creature being remnants of an indigenous species. All apes are completely diurnal, as the Falk monster was reportedly nocturnal. In 86, the mayor of Falk, Virgil Roberts, and former Miller County Sheriff Leslie Greer were of the opinion that the alleged Falk monster tracks were man-made. Greer's working colleague at the time, Chief Deputy H.L. Phillips, said that he had not taken calls regarding the monster in years. He does not believe the creature exists, stating, I don't believe in it, but I'd say you don't argue with people who say they've seen it. Many were respectable and responsible folks. The Skeptoid podcast concludes, So in total, every last shred of evidence that the Falk monster exists at all is anecdotal. Not a single piece is testable. The Falk monster fits very poorly with the model of a living animal, but fits very well with a local legend. Skeptics. They're so maddening, so unbelieving, so much fun to confuse. Since 2013, the Falk Monster Festival, previously called the Boggy Creek Festival, has been an annual event dedicated to discussions, presentations, and lore related to the creature and other similar monsters. Proceeds benefit the Falk School District, with over $3,000 having been raised in 2019. Well, what do you think, folks? Do monsters as far as critters exist? Are there Bigfoot-type creatures running around the swamps of Louisiana and Arkansas? Are there gator men running around the swamps of Louisiana? Are there werewolves? You know, somewhere back in some distant dark past, there has to be an, a subject that created this legend. I won't call it a myth because I don't think it is. But this legend was created by something that was actually seen at one point in time and may still be seen quite often. Well, that's what I have for this week, folks. I'm glad you could make it along for the ride. I hope you enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed bringing them to you. These these are some interesting stories for me. So, until next time, I will bid you farewell and have a great week, folks. Thank you. <laughs>